0: Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways that art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke.
1: And I'm Sandra Sheriff And
0: we're your hosts on this zany adventure.
1: We are. And this
0: week's episode is sponsored by author Lee Ryder, who is a fantastic person and a great talent. So check out Lee's books on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Yes. Thank you, Lee.
1: Thank you, Lee. She was really um, fun meeting at Once Upon a Book.
0: She's so sweet. She's so she, sweet. Whenever uh, she comes up to me at Once Upon a Book, she always tells me she loves me, which is, Aww. you know, I get so stressed during the book event and she's just, I love you. Aww. Like, thank you. <laughs> sweet lady. Yes. So, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing good. Busy. You're really, really busy. And on top of that, you're getting ready to travel to come
1: down and see me pretty soon. Yeah, in less than a week. That's right. I will be there. I will officially be there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can record some episodes together. Yes, that would be really fun, please. It will be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're of course. actually going to have to for yeah. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> we are.
0: We we for sure are. And you are going to go on an adventure crossing over into the Unpaused Life podcast. I am. And when doing a guest to see you. there. Yeah. yeah, we're going to do, um, oh, my God, what's it called?
1: Yoga, bungee yoga or something.
0: Yes, where they hook you up to a bungee cord. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we're not diving off of bridges. <laughs> nope,
0: we're just going to do our Tigger impression and yes. bounce around a whole lot. That's going to be fun. I'm super excited. Yeah, That's going to be that's going to yeah. be fun. And then we're going to head to Dragon Con. Yeah,
1: uh, Dragon Con's going to be a lot of fun.
0: That's going to be a big, crazy weekend. Yes. But
1: I still have to put together our schedule.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> I have to be so many different places. Yes. And you have to keep me sane.
1: I do. I do. <laughs> That's my and job. figure out
0: where things are and where we have to go. And
1: Yep. But it'll be fun. And it's going to be worth it. We're going to meet lots of people, be able to network a lot of different things. Yeah.
0: So if you're in or, and or around Atlanta come and see us at dragon con
1: yes so know, the just... labor day weekend
0: yeah yeah it's august 31st through september 4th right so it mm-hmm. actually worked out really well with um my husband and my kids school schedules oh that's good because thursday uh i think I can't remember what's happening Thursday. I know we can take them in the morning before we can take them to school before we get on the road. Um, And then I'm not sure about pickup for that day. I'll have to figure that out. But then he's off Friday and the kids don't have school on Monday. So
1: nice. Yeah, my kids don't have school Friday or Monday that day or that week. So Scott was like, I will go ahead and just take a day off and have an extra day off. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember what's happening Thursday. I'll have to figure that out.
0: Anyways, so we got that coming up. That's going
1: to yeah. be fun. And then I'm going on another big trip. I know. It's so exciting. So I wanted your reaction on the podcast. So I've been waiting to tell you what I found that I'm doing when I'm in Germany. Okay. Frankenstein's Castle. <gasps> shut <laughs> up are you serious, so serious. <gasps> i'm so excited
0: oh that's so cool you it's can like get a whole... lunch there
1: or dinner there Ugh. is it like a whole walking tour yeah oh yeah. i'm so jealous and the whole grounds you can do like a forest tour <sighs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing yes Take a million trillion pictures. Oh, I will. I will be sending you tons. I already told Scott and I'm like, you know that I'm going to send pictures to Stacy. So like I'm going to have like that one day I'm paying for the international prices because I'm instantly sending them to her. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to need a Mimesis episode of you just talking Frankenstein
1: because yes. that's going to be fantastic. Yeah i'm really excited like i was just like what can i do i have to because scott's going over for a work trip and i'm just kind of tagging along so i have to find something to do while they're working and i found that and he's like well i want to go and i was like you're like oh sorry (laughs) um i mean if you have time you can go but i'm not missing this (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I figured out how to get down there from where we're staying on the train.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. How long of a train ride is it going to be?
1: It's like 15 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. No. No. And then you get off and then it's like a two-mile walk to even get there. They don't even have like parking near there. You have to walk (laughs) to get up to it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm like that's, that's so... that still keeps it all encased and like kind of like special like kind of how Disney does where you can't see the parking lot from the place,
0: yeah. So oh my gosh, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I felt I felt my chair move, and I thought the kitten was in here. <laughs> Cause she does that yes oh my gosh that's so cool yes i do i demand a frankenstein episode when you get back okay. of telling us all about the tour and everything
1: yes i'm hoping that's... i can find you something from there that i can give yes, you. Please. <laughs> uh, yes please yes yeah. please yes little little replica castle yeah. or something yeah. yes
0: i would love that oh my goodness oh how fun yeah you know it's not fun what we're gonna talk about today, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is not gonna be a fun one okay um in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna say up front trigger warnings, trigger warnings, trigger warnings um as far as spousal abuse um there is gonna be one thing uh, against children. I'm gonna touch on it briefly, and we're gonna try to just get through it as quick as we can. But this one's going to be a rough one. Um, I know I said when we last recorded that I was going to do um, one about, oh my God, what what was her name? Betty something.
1: I don't I'm not remember sure remember now.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and I will do that one eventually. But this one, and we're kind of going to break the mold a little bit because this one it, it, it hasn't necessarily had a movie or a book made about it. I'm sure there will be at some point. Okay um but what put this case in front of me was i watched the the documentary on it and we're we're talking today about susan powell i don't know if you've heard her case at all
1: no i don't think i have um
0: oxygen the oxygen network has did a true cr- crime documentary documentary about it it was it's called the disappearance of susan powell um i've heard about this case before in other podcasts i've watched some other shows about it. But when I watched this one, the disappearance of Susan Powell, it goes into more depth and detail about this case okay. than a lot of people do. Um and it just the, the thing of it is what actually happened to Susan is still unknown. She just disappeared. and okay. I, I really wanted to discuss this because somewhere out there somebody knows. Something, yeah, and I just feel like getting more people, getting this case in front of more people, so they can hear how horrific this is. And if somebody knows something, say something. So I, I really wanted to. Uh, I'm getting teary eyed about this because this one is rough, and I just wanted to discuss it because, like I said, if 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 it reaches someone's ears that maybe saw something, yeah, you know, just. I want to get it out there any way we can. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And yes, it's going to be a rough one. But um, maybe someday this family can get some closure that they desperately need. And yeah. this is one of the most fucked up cases. Like, it's going to blow your mind. If you have not heard this before, it's going to blow your mind.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I have.
0: Well, you'll you'll know quickly when we get in this okay. if if this is one you've heard before. Also, I have to apologize because all of my notes are on paper, so you might hear me turning pages every now and then. But that's okay. Last night, when I was taking all my notes, uh, I've been I'm I'm deep in editing my next book. Yes. Um, and i've been staring at my computer for so long yes that i just i needed not to be staring at a screen last night yeah. so i went old school with my notes
1: oh i feel that like i've been editing your audiobook yes and i was like i need to not look at a screen and I need to do something. So I just picked up a regular old book. Like not even yeah. on my Kindle. I was just like, I need something. I need to not be media. looking at a glowing
0: string yeah. screen. Yeah. I was like, I exactly. can't
1: even watch a movie right now. It's <laughs> too much.
0: <laughs> I feel that deeply. Yeah. So we're going old old school today. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you braced?
1: <laughs> yes. I have my chair. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh Susan Powell Susan Cox Powell was born to Chuck and Judy Cox and they had she had she had a good life she had a good life they were a loving family they are Mormon but as we get into this case the Cox family are Mormon in a good respectable way the Powell family are more are Mormon in the um holding women down version of it. So they they have the same religion, but their families are totally different in their, how they treat people. Everybody's
1: opinions are different, but yeah. Yes.
0: Um, Susan wanted to become a beautician and she was pursuing that. But more than that, what she really wanted was to be married and have kids.
1: That's okay
0: that's the the life she wanted for herself well she met Josh Powell at a Morgan a Mormon singles adult mixer type of thing okay and she was only 19 they got engaged after two months
1: oh
0: yeah April 6th of 2001 is when they got married. Now, her family, when they met Josh, immediately were like, Don't, don't, don't marry him. Don't marry him. Uh, Her mom, and in the documentary, she says this, she said that she sensed a darkness in him. And she told Susan, Don't marry him. Don't, don't do it. She was like, and you know Mormon they don't normally tell kids to to go crazy and and date but she right. did. She was like, "Girl, get out there. Date. Meet lots of people. Don't yeah. don't do this.
1: Don't um, settle for the first guy."
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that <laughs> because that uh, always ends bad. That ends badly as as you found out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did.
0: <laughs> um but she she could not be swayed. She loved him. So they ended up getting married. Um, they moved to Utah. And she got pregnant and had two little boys named Charlie and Brayden. Who Aww. were just the sweetest, cutest little things you ever wanted to see. Now, it didn't take long for Josh's true nature to start coming out. And he was incredibly controlling. Incredibly, of course, he would limit how much money she was allowed to spend, while he could spend money on whatever the hell he wanted. Um, he made stupid rules, uh, things like the kid, the boys weren't allowed to each have a hot dog of their own; they had to split one hot dog, and he'd get pissed if they didn't. Uh. Yeah. He could spend money on whatever he wanted, but she had to make her own socks because she didn't need to be spending that money on herself. Like, this is the kind of person we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He sold her car because it, it was costing them too much money. And, and that's made a control.
1: It,
0: yeah. Made it so she had to ride her bike to work. Seven mile, a seven mile trip. Yeah. So this, this is the kind of guy we're talking about. Um, People saw him, you know, he would, he would scream at her in front of people. You know, there were witnesses that saw that he was definitely verbally and emotionally abusive. Yeah. Uh, At least one person saw him push her. So,
1: so it's escalating into a, like physically abusive.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I, other than one person saying they pushed her, I didn't hear anybody else say that they saw him be, um, f- physically abusive. But if he pushed her once, right, I, I have a hard time believing that he stopped there. Right. Now on December seventh. Uh, the babysitter that usually watched their boys called Josh's mom and said, "Hey, Josh and Susan did not drop the boys off today. I haven't seen them. I have. I can't get a hold of them. I don't know where they are." So the the mom went to the house. Sure enough, they weren't there. She called nine one one and said she didn't know where they were. Uh, this this wasn't like them. Like if Susan yeah. wasn't going to bring the boys in, she would let the babysitter know, right? She wasn't there. She didn't show up for work. Josh didn't show up for work. Nobody had any idea where they were. Um, Officers showed up at the house. Josh and uh, his oldest sister, uh, Jennifer, I believe. Hold on. Let me check my notes. I have her name somewhere in here because she was a big part of the documentary. Okay. Uh, Jennifer, yes. Um, and Josh's mom, her name is Terica, which is a very different name. That is. Uh, so Terica and Jennifer are at the house and the cops show up and they say, if you will take responsibility for this, we can break a window and get into the house. Okay. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And when they break in, they, the, one of the very first things they see is, is that the couch has been freshly cleaned as in it's wet and there's two box fans pointing at it
1: to hurry up so and dry like, it.
0: Yeah, so they're like what happened on the couch? Yeah. They also notice that Susan's purse is still there. So she didn't just leave. She yeah. She she, she doesn't have her purse with her. Um they start asking around to people, you know, we're just spreading now that they're missing. And a woman named Giovanna said that December 6th, she had seen Susan. She was there. She went over to her house. Susan was making a blanket. I think jo- Giovanna was probably doing something as well. They were like crafting together. Yeah. And while she was there, you know, they asked her what happened. And she said that. While she was there, Josh and the boys made pancakes for Susan. And, you know, she, you know, she watched this happen, which seems like a sweet gesture. And you're like, oh, cute. But here's the thing. Not only did Josh not cook, he refused to cook.
1: Okay. He believed
0: that was a woman's, a job. woman's job. So <laughs> he cooked these pancakes for her. And shortly after that, Susan told Giovanna, I'm not feeling really well. I'm really tired. I'm going to go lay down if that's okay. And Giovanna was like, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, I'll... And she's getting ready to leave. And as she's getting ready to leave, Josh said he's going to take the boys sledding. And he left before she was even out the door. Okay. So if you look at it that way, did he put something in the pancakes? Absolutely. It really sounds like he did. It really does. So uh, she ate, didn't feel good, went to bed. Giovanna then is hearing that the the whole family is missing. So she called Josh and actually got a hold of him and was like, "Hey, um the cops and everybody are looking for you. You know, Susan yeah. didn't show up for work. Where are you?" And he said he had taken the boys camping. But Susan should be at work. And Giov- Giovanna's like, she- dude, she's not at work. I don't know what to tell you. She's not at work. Yeah. You need to come back. People are looking for you. Now, <sighs> he knows this situation is going on. And he was on his way back when she called him. Apparently, he didn't realize that his phone could be traced when he made calls. Because he then turned around and drove 20 minutes back in the direction he came from and called Susan's phone and said hey hope you made it to work all right you know basically just checking in so <laughs> why why would he drive back in the other direction right to make that call when he knows she didn't show up to work right like, you know So that's pretty suspicious. Giovanna tells the cops that she got a hold of Josh. And so he's like, okay, I'll try calling him again. He calls him and he says, we need you to get here. And Josh is like, well, I got to feed my sons first. (laughs) The cop is like, sir, your wife is missing. You need to get here. Yeah. Um. But Josh doesn't go straight home. Instead, he goes to Susan's work and calls her from the parking lot to say, hey, I'm outside. I'm here to pick you up. He knows she didn't go to work. Yeah. So these calls make absolutely no sense. Why? What what are you doing? So finally, 45 minutes later, he shows up at the house and the cops tell him, let's go to the station so we can talk about this. So what is his alibi as to what happened? Josh tells them that, now keep in mind, these are little, little boys. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure of their exact age, but. At least one of them, if not both of them, are in diapers. Like we're they're that age.
1: Okay. They're so little. two and under.
0: Uh, the youngest is definitely around two and the other one is not much older than that. Well, Josh tells them that somewhere between one thirty and or one and two in the morning, he decided to take the boys camping.
1: Who in does utah
0: that? in utah under the threat of a winter storm no yeah yep <laughs> that was his 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 story they went camping no yeah, no he didn't no Mm-mm. and the cops were like you you were supposed to work today, the The boys were supposed to go to the babysitter. His excuse? I forgot what day it was. No, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is all just if you watch this this video, you know, there's a video of in the interrogation room, and he just looks bored and annoyed to have to be there. Like his posture and everything, he just, he looks annoyed. He looks pissed that he has to be there. Wow. Dude, your wife is missing. He he does not come across as concerned ever. He's never like, you know, I don't know what happened to my wife and getting emotional. About, and again, we've said this so many times before that we can't judge how a person is going to react. Right. But seeming pissed and annoyed to as answering the most basic questions right. really speaks volumes.
1: There's one thing to absolutely have no genuine idea. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. But you'll still have some kind of reaction. But to be pissed and annoyed. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a normal response. No.
0: So, this is December 7th. The police, he, he asked, am I, am I free to go? And they were like, yes, we're going to need you to come in tomorrow to answer more questions. Okay. He's like, okay. So, December 8th, he's supposed to meet at the police station to answer questions. And his mom and his sister swing by the house, checking in on him. Right around the time he's supposed to be leaving to go to the station.
1: Yeah. To probably take Instead care of the kids, of- right?
0: Yeah, I I, okay. I would assume something like that. I don't know. Uh but instead of finding him getting ready to go, they find this man who okay, if he doesn't if he refuses to cle- to cook for himself, right. I'm guessing he also refuses to clean for himself. Right. And they come in to him doing a deep clean on the house and his truck. He's washing everything, he's vacuuming everything, he's laundering everything.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No. That's a man <laughs> definitely trying to hide something. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Um He ends up showing up for his appointment at the police station 4 hours late because he was cleaning. <laughs> So he gets there and the cops are questioning him. They took his truck and were looking through his truck. And one of the things that they were questioning him on is they were like, Josh, um, you were calling Susan repeatedly. You called her from, you know, this place. You called her from outside her work. He's like, yeah. They were like, we found her phone in your truck. You had her phone. Why were you calling her when you had her phone? Oh, I forgot that I had it.
1: (laughs) So dumbass. You didn't forget. You thought you could get away with it.
0: So she doesn't have her purse. She doesn't have her phone. She didn't just up and leave. No. Yeah. Um... He had no, no excuse for that. He was just like, "Oh, I forgot." Then the cop starts asking him, "Does she have any enemies? Was she suicidal at all?" And as soon as the suicide thing is mentioned, he immediately jumps on that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's she was suicidal because of course he did. You right. offered him something that could be a potential out. He jumped on that, right?
1: Because he knows uh, she's dead.
0: Yeah. He knows what happened to her. Well, they get done with their questioning for the day and they said, we're going to need your co- your truck for a little bit longer. It'll be returned to you within the hour. If you want to wait here at the station, we'll return it to you when we're done. He waited there for 15 minutes before calling... I don't know if it was a cab or an Uber or whatever, but he called for a car to pick him up. He went to the airport and rented a vehicle. He couldn't just wait for his truck. He went and rented a vehicle. He disappeared for 20 hours and put 806 miles on that rental car. Holy shit. Which to me really makes it sound. He was moving her body somewhere. Right. He, he went and got her body and moved it somewhere. And I mean, 800 miles, you don't know which direction. Exactly. He drove in. He could have gone any which way. Now, during this time, during the 20 hours that he was missing, there was no activity on his phone or his dad Steve's phone. No incoming calls. So basically, their phones were off for those 20 hours. Okay. Which fe- seems very intentional to me.
1: Yes. Was the dad missing as well? Or- uh, during that time, he was unaccounted for. Okay. Because I want going to say, I have an issue with turning my phone off. <laughs>
0: I know you do. A lot. It's really annoying.
1: (laughs) So, like, for me, that's not out of the ordinary. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) But for the both of them to have this happen during that specific time frame while that kind of mileage was being put on a rental car, there's just a lot of evidence pointing there. Um. Oh, boy. Now we're going to start talking about Steve Powell a little bit.
1: That's the dad, Steve, right?
0: That's the dad. Okay. He is a skeevy motherfucker.
1: Yeah. So
0: he goes to the police station and he gets chatty. He's one of those people that thinks he knows like what he says is right and what everybody else says is wrong. And he's going to keep talking until you come around to his way of thinking, you know, he's one of those kind of people. And while he's at the police station, he admits that he had feelings for his daughter-in-law and makes claims that it was mutual. Yeah, it it was not mutual. Steve was obsessed with Susan and we're going to go into the depths later of how obsessed he was with her but this man videotaped everything all the time like he was constantly videotaping thing and there were secret videos of him recording her all the time before they moved to Utah when they were like just starting out when they were first married had no money they had to live with steve for a while Uh, and it yeah it was during that time that he became obsessed with her uh i mean he would steal her panties from the laundry yeah like this guy was fucking gross and i'm sorry this is disgusting but he would like videotape himself masturbating over like pictures of her or like smelling her panties like this dude's gross.
1: Ew. Yeah. Ew. Um,
0: this this was eight years before her disappearance when his obsession began, where he's, you know, videotaping himself saying he can't think of anything but her, like he's just in love with her. So maybe um, the mom did it. <laughs> well, they were divorced at this time. Oh, okay. The mom, yeah. They got divorced because he told Terrica that. He was, he thought that they should have him, he should be allowed to be a polygamist and oh, have more okay. than one wife. And he had a porn addiction. And so Terica eventually was like, fuck you. And she got out. So he's single during all this. Gross, but single.
1: I um, think he was single. So he there's nothing good.
0: It, <laughs> um, Steve would say things to Susan like, josh and i should just share you
1: no no (laughs) no right it's so fucking gross um so
0: it got to the point where susan was like we need to move the fuck out like this guy's skeevy and that was one of the reasons that they moved to utah um but after they moved Josh started talking to his dad again and his dad told him that it was all just a misunderstanding and it was in Susan's head and he got inside Josh's head enough that Josh didn't think his dad did anything wrong. And this started breeding hostility between Josh and Susan because his dad was in his head. Just a bad
1: situation.
0: And it started affecting how Josh was treating Susan. And it started getting bad enough that Susan, she didn't want to get a divorce, but she wasn't happy. He wasn't treating her well. Things were getting really shitty. So she talked to a lawyer. And the lawyer told her. She's like, I'm not ready to get a divorce, but if it comes to that point, what what do I need to do now? And he told her to videotape all of their possessions so that if it came to a divorce, Josh Josh couldn't hide things. You know, it would make sure that there was an even split okay. between them. So Susan made a video where she recorded all of her things and in the video she can be heard saying things like if anything happens to me or my family uh you know she's saying hopefully we'll live happily ever after and then she kind of rolls her eyes about it so you can see kind of where her mindset is there okay um and she gave those to the lawyer the lawyer had no she put those in a safety deposit box okay which the police, in the middle of looking for her, they find that she has this safety deposit box. And they go and look. And um, they find this tape. Uh, and they also find a handwritten will that she wrote out. In the will, she specifically says that she does not trust Josh. And um, there was also a journal that was found that there was one line in it that said, if anything happens to me, it might not be an accident, even if it looks like one. So goodness, this is she she's starting to see this stuff coming. And, you know, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But if that's where she's at, if this is the stuff she's writing, shit's getting bad. Yeah. For her. Um, so the day she was reported missing, we know that the couch had been cleaned. There were some blood droplets on the floor beside the couch, like just little tiny droplets of blood right there. Um... So there was that. Not enough that you know a crime happened. It could be like somebody got a bloody nose. You know, it was a very little bit of blood, but there was some blood there.
1: Did they spray the couch? Uh,
0: I'm sure they did. But again, the very next day before like a crime scene analysis could really come in and dig in. He did a deep clean on the whole fucking house. So those blood droplets that were there the 7th weren't there the 8th. How, there, there was a huge
1: – how was this allowed to happen? Yes. How was that fucking <laughs> allowed to happen? If it was an active missing persons case, why wasn't the house roped off completely? Why was he allowed to go back in it until exactly. it was completely done? I know that there's – Because there wasn't a body. So, like,
0: that's the problem.
1: That's where – I know. This <laughs> fails everybody. Mm -hmm. because yes if she were to have left but by this point she had been missing for hours she would have already came home Mm -hmm. that's how i feel and
0: like she doesn't have her purse she doesn't have her phone right like like she would never leave those baby boys exactly Mm -hmm. they failed so badly on this um so, December 10th, Josh is officially named a person of interest. The The search is continuing. They're searching where he said he went capping. Um, beforehand, friends in, and those around them say that they specifically remember Josh watching forensic-type shows and saying, like, what the people in them did wrong. <laughs> and he says if he had to di- dispose of a body he would th- there was a lot of mines out where they are he would put it in one of the mines around there so why aren't
1: they checking the mines and,
0: well sure as shit when they went on his computer he had had searched mines in and around the area the problem is that in utah and the surrounding area there's so many of them okay. that you know, to know which, which one? one is just a fucking crap. Which
1: one shoe. is 870 whatever miles. <laughs> Six miles. <laughs> and then exactly.
0: they. Or divide it in half because right. he had to drive there and back. Right. So,
1: <laughs> but still,
0: you know, you're go- making a big, huge fucking circle. Yeah, but oh. one of them
1: has to link directly to that mine. You would think. Somewhere, give or take but like fifty miles, because you have to go drive to go get the car, get off exits for gas and that kind of shit, food. But start there; that gives you. <laughs>
0: I'm I mean, sure they did, but like good David lord.
1: <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Got to do the the math here. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Joan. Her name was Joan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Around this time, Josh got a lawyer. And once he got his lawyer, Josh would not say a fucking word to anybody. Okay. He wouldn't open his mouth. He'd go to the police station with his lawyer and just sit there and let his lawyer talk. He wouldn't say a word. Yeah. Your wife is gone and you can't say anything. Yeah. You want to prove you're not a
1: person of interest? Fucking talk. Right. But then he didn't um, want to take himself in a fucking hole. What she should, yes. <laughs> now the day
0: December sixth, when when we know something happened to Susan that day, Stephen Powell did have an alibi that day. Okay, he he was with uh, I think two of his other kids, and they were with him, and they so he wasn't an active participant in her death. But an but I completely believe that he was behind disposing of her body yeah and i think he's also he plays a bigger part in this whole thing and we're gonna we're gonna get to that eventually um for what's coming next i i want to touch on who the powell kids are all right we got jennifer is the oldest daughter okay jennifer is the one that jennifer's a badass and as far as i can tell she's the only one of the powell kids that literally has her head on straight okay josh came after her john is the third child um john has a lot of mental illnesses and issues um and we're gonna we're gonna discuss that in brief coming up and then there was michael after that and the youngest is i think it's pronounced Elena, A I L I N A, Elena, Elena. Okay, she's she's the baby of the family, and I also believe that Steve Powell corrupted that child's mind. Like I think when you're a child of an abuse so badly, uh, you know we've talked about how you can break the cycle. I think, I think she was abused in a way that she doesn't know she doesn't recognize that she was abused right she thinks that's just how life is right
1: and that's what Um, abusers do they just make you think that this is normal and that every single person is treated this way
0: yes so she has very much drank the kool-aid and believes that this is how things go um again we we already touched on how steve's marriage ended
1: yeah so what's her name it starts with t sorry the mom's name Terica. Terica. Ter- so Steve and Terica had all four of these kids, Five, Five. Five, kids. Five kids. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. There's no um, stepmom. No nothing. Okay. No.
0: Okay. And then they they got divorced. Um, Steve fucking hates Terica. Okay. For divorcing him, and she she doesn't feel that he's a great person either. So, um, but the closest people to Josh. Josh didn't have. Close friends. The closest people to him were his dad, Steve, and his brother, Michael. Those okay. were his ride-or-die people. Those are the people that, like, him and Steve talked on the phone for hours every day. So when I say that Josh was under Steve's thumb, Steve was in his head. Right. And I really believe that he he was corrupting his mind with the Susan situation horribly. Um shortly after uh Susan's disappearance, Josh's brother Michael called a company that does like high resolution imaging, like um satellite imaging okay. kind of stuff. And he wanted a high resolution image from a salvage yard where Mike had gotten rid of a car that he had. The day after Susan disappeared, Mike went and stayed with Josh for two weeks. On his way back home after staying with them, his car broke down. And instead of having it fixed, He paid, or like selling it to a scrapyard, he paid to have it towed to this specific place that would completely wreck the car. And then he wanted pictures of the salvage yard. So basically he wanted proof that the car had been destroyed. That's what they were going to search these pictures for. Well, the police found out about this. And they they got a hold of the salvage yard and the car had not been destroyed yet. So the cops went, okay, well, we're going to we're going to take dogs out there and we're going to see what happened. Yeah. The dogs immediately went to the trunk of Michael's car immediately, like straight to it. A body had been in that trunk for sure. Mm. So they you know, pull fibers and everything trying to do DNA tests to see if they could prove that Susan had been in that yeah. trunk. There wasn't enough to to get any kind of sufficient Fuck. results. Mhm. So there definitely was a body there, but not enough. There wasn't enough DNA in there to prove that it was her.
1: Well, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah. Should, so he came we stay to stay, right? stay
1: when the seventh.
0: Uh, two days after so her disappearance. So, so
1: after he cleaned the entire house.
0: Mm-hmm. Then they went and had the, they tried to have the car
1: destroyed after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So he when. Did he he got the car? Yeah. So chances are he moved
0: her body more than once. Yeah. I think he moved it in the rental car and then his brother came and they moved it again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Or they moved it in his brother's car first and then the rental car, cuz I can't remember the exact timeline of the what The rental he said. car
0: came first. Okay. And then the brother's
1: car was after that. Okay. Ugh. Assholes. This yeah. family. <laughs> the men, <laughs> I should say.
0: Yeah, Except the for men Alana. in this family.
1: She... Alana? I don't know about
0: her she... yet. Oh, trust me, I do. And Alana's... Alana has drank the family Kool-Aid. And... Okay. So now, 46 days missing. That's where we're at with... uh with susan now okay sister jennifer wants wants answers so she offers she goes to the police and she says if you want i will wear a wire i will go in and talk to my brother and see if i can get him yeah she's like i'll see if i can get him to confess to anything because i fucking believe he did it so sure as shit she gets wired up and she goes in there she has dinner with um, her dad and her brother, and she's trying to get her brother alone though, so she can talk to him. After dinner, she gets him alone, and she starts going in. Man, she's like, just, just tell me where she is. If something happened, if things got out of hand, just <clears throat> tell me where she is. What happened to her? And in the middle of this, Steve comes rushing in. He's he's screaming. He's calling her every name in the book. Uh, Basically, he kicks her out. And she even when Steve is there, she's she's trying to, like, you know, go after him. Do you know something? What happened to her? Jennifer gave it her all. And if you watch the documentary there, they do clips, of the recordings. She she fucking tried, man. She really tried. But unfortunately, she could not get either of them to break. And there was there was nothing there. So that was 46 days missing. Let me back up just a second here. 30 days missing. Now, he doesn't know where his wife is. He doesn't know if she's going to come home. She doesn't know, he doesn't know any of this. 30 days missing. Josh up and moved in with his dad in Washington.
1: I was going to say, you're going to tell me he went on a date. <laughs> no, nope. he moved. He moved. How did the police
0: let him fucking move when he was a person of interest in her disappearance? Mm -hmm. And with those kids. Yeah. As he's moving, he's calling appointments she had up, canceling, you know, she's not going to be here. He called her fucking employer and tried to claim her retirement fund.
1: She's not even – it takes so many days before you can be legally dead. And I think it's some years. Yep. He was trying to do all this 30 days missing. He knew she wasn't coming back. He knew she was dead. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he knew that it was a for sure thing. Nobody else did. They really had hope still. But he knew – so he's like, oh, I want to start this process now. Yep.
0: Um, Chuck Cox, who is Susan's father, held a candlelight vigil for many candlelight visuals for um, Josh showed up at one and people surrounded Josh. He had the boys with him, so that the Cox family couldn't see or talk to the boys at all keeping them completely away from those boys. So not only at this point had they lost Susan, they couldn't talk to their grandsons either.
1: Wow. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. So I just looked it up because I had to know it's seven years from the day that you were last seen alive.
0: And he was trying to do it within 30 days. That's crazy. Yep. Um, so, around this time, Steve and Josh decide to start a media tour all their own, doing interviews with reporters, you know, going on social media. And they start talking about the fact that they have Susan's journals that she started keeping when she was a teenager and kept, you know, all the way to her disappearance. And they use these journals of, like, her teenage journals to try to paint her as somebody who was sexually promiscuous, who was suicidal. Uh, like, they're painting this this other image of her. Like, first of all, your journals from being a teen, are you serious? Who you are as a teenager is not who you are as an adult. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like if you saw my my journals when I was thirteen, you probably would have been like, "This girl has an unhealthy fascination with Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block." Like, (laughs) she was a straight up stalker.
1: Mine would have been Avril Lavigne and Good Charlotte. See, it's you
0: can't. It doesn't define me as a person. No, no, I, I. I haven't looked up Joey in a very long time. I hope his life is well. I don't know what's happening with him.
1: I've looked up Avril Levine only because she had a new radio, or a new album come out. That's the only thing.
0: Have you heard the conspiracy theories that like she died and somebody else took her place?
1: Yeah, I don't believe it.
0: Oh, of course not, but
1: <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of convincing, but
0: now they're like she's not as angsty as she used to right, be. She's not
1: fucking a teenager anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: she grew up and was like doesn't she have kids now no oh i thought she did no anyways we're going off on a tangent but like that doesn't define who you are as an adult no um but they also at this time there was a cameraman that went missing in the same area around the same time that susan did and josh and steve tried to make it sound like she had ran off with this cameraman there was literally no other connection between these two human except beings. For them
1: missing. Except that they went missing. I was gonna say, are they trying to say there's a serial like kidnapper in the area that took both uh, of them? They
0: were trying to make her sound like she, she ran away. Was yeah, running ran away with this other guy. Yeah.
1: But I mean you don't want I guess you don't want them to say, oh, she is dead. So that's why they said that she ran away with.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, well, them saying that they had these journals, if they have these journals and they say there's there's evidence in these journals that could answer questions as to who Susan was or where she could be, those became become crucial evidence that the police need. So they needed to know. Where those journals were, yeah. so that they could issue a search warrant. And the, the cops got together with um, Chuck Cox, Susan's dad, and they set up this idea to do a honk and wave in Susan's memory, right in the area that Steve and Josh often frequented. Okay. And it was basically just, you know, remembering Susan, uh, you know, signs and banners, honk, you know. So, people are honking, and they're they're trying to get Steve and Josh to come out and speak because okay. we know Steve likes to 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 put his voice out there and be yeah. heard. Well, sure as shit, Steve comes out there and he starts talking and he starts running his fucking mouth about these journals. and in the process of it, he happens to mention that the journals are at his house, and that's all the cops need. To, get the to issue a search warrant. So, they searched Stephen Powell's house. They found cotton balls um, that Susan had used, labeled and dated. They found panties of hers, labeled and dated. They found her tampons, oh, toenail clippings. Yeah. No. Hair clippings, all dated and everything with her name on them that Steven had been keeping. They found over 5,000 photos and videos of Susan. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, But in addition to this, he would also record strangers and keep these videos. Like, there's one that they show on there that he sees a woman in a short skirt and he records her for like 15 minutes just because he's trying to get an up the skirt shot when she climbs in her car. This is how fucking gross this guy is. He's nasty. In the middle of all of this, going through the videos, his Steve's next door neighbor had two underage teenage daughters and he would videotape them getting ready for showers, you know, getting ready for bed, changing. He was videotaping these underage girls.
1: So they have to go and tell them. Yeah. Uh yeah.
0: Now Elena or however you say her name, and this is this is where you're gonna know that this girl like she's she's suffered some abuse and she's she's not right in the head. Yeah. Um, she defended her dad having these videos because she's like, OK, well, the videos are wrong and he shouldn't have them. But he didn't touch anybody or hurt anybody. So they, they made it seem worse than it is.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: girl, <laughs> girl. He's recording underage girls. That's child pornography. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, so
1: they can. Add and it, it was. To he can go to jail for that shit. And he did. Good.
0: He was arrested for voyeurism and child, child pornography. And he was placed under arrest. And at that time, because this was happening in the house that Josh's kids were staying in. They lost um, the kids. They were taken into child protective custody. Okay. And they were placed with um, the, the Cox family okay. at this time. Um, once the boys were away from their dad, they were able to be interviewed. And in the interview, they asked the boys about when they went camping and who they went camping with. And the boys said that they went camping with mommy and daddy Daddy had come home with them, but mommy didn't because she stayed behind with the crystals.
1: What's the crystals?
0: I don't know. But if if there's like a cave yeah. or something that was there, if there was one of the mines, maybe there was crystals inside the mines. You know, it makes me think of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They were mining for jewels. Yeah. Were they inside a mine that, you know, and that. That's what the boys thought of. I don't know. I don't know. But this is what the boys said. Um, so at this point, the cops needed to make a case as to why Josh should not have his rights returned to him. Yeah. Um. So he was going through, you know, he was meeting with, um, I, I assume it's some sort of psychologist or something that y- you talk to when you're seeing if you're fit to be a parent. And Josh's hard drives were also searched. And um there was pornography on his computers that there was some child pornography, there was anime that he 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 wasn't given good rights to his kids back because of it. So the Cox family got temporary custody with Josh only being allowed supervised visitations. Um, uh, spoiler. Spoiler alert. No. Um. Trigger, trigger, warning. trigger warning coming up. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. About uh, harm against children coming up. Um. The court ordered supervisor picked up the boys and was going to take them for a visit with. Josh at a rental house that he was staying at at that point. And this supervisor is a 65 year old woman, which, you know, the fact that it it seems to me if you're supervising and there's any type of risk with the parent, that I feel we need somebody that could actually protect the kids in some way if they had to. But the 65 year old woman dropped the kids off and she's supposed to go in and observe and Josh let the boys in and then slammed the door in her face and would not let her in locked the door she immediately called 911 uh and the 911 operator i really hope this person got fired because he was very argumentative um it, it, Just if you watch the documentary, he was horrible. She's saying things like, you know, I heard one of the boys scream. I'm worried for their safety. How long is it going to take for the cops to get there? And this guy said they have to respond to the life threatening cases first.
1: This is a life threatening. It could potentially be a life threatening case. You motherfucker. Yeah.
0: And in the thing when he says that, when he says. They have to respond to life threatening cases first. She said, I'm worried for those boys' safety. I can smell gas. <sighs> yeah. Um, and here's here's the really rough part. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get through this together here. The boys were running to their playroom, holding hands there was evidence that he had hit them with something like a hatchet or something to both boys. They were bodies were found holding hands. He had soaked himself, the room and the boys in gasoline and lit the house on fire. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and none of them made it out. So the Cox family lost these sweet little boys and they lost Susan. Which is just horrible for that family. Yeah. It's my heart bleeds for them. So Josh is gone. Steve's trial comes up. We're hoping for answers. Hoping that he will finally say something when it comes to those videos which some of them he can't deny because he's in them. Yeah. This son of a bitch says that his mentally ill son, John, was the one that filmed some of those. He was the one that filmed the girls next door.
1: Just to yeah. make himself look better. uh uh-huh uh because let's prey on the weakness of everybody else and not take responsibility for ourselves.
0: Yep. Uh Jennifer took the stand against her dad. And she said no, John did not make those videos because at the time that this happened, John was living on the streets. He was homeless. Oh, we had to find him and put him in a home at that time because he was living on the streets. Um after that Scott, or Scott, Steve pled the fifth to everything and ended up being sentenced to prison, 10 years prison and probation. He did not serve 10 years. I'm not sure how long he served, but. He um, should have. Yeah, the longer portion was probation. Um. So he's in jail and he's not saying a fucking word. Josh is dead. Why isn't Michael in jail? Um, huh. One year after Susan's disappearance, Michael Powell took a swan dive off the top of a building.
1: Okay, then. That explains it.
0: <laughs> so apparently he couldn't live with what he had seen or done or knew. Yeah. and Because
1: it was that after his brother killed himself and the kids? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he... Didn't mind the fact that his sister-in-law got murdered. But once it came to the kids, he couldn't handle it anymore. That's right. And the part that he took in it.
0: Yep. And Elena in this was like, it was never investigated that maybe somebody pushed him or maybe there was a scuffle or. No, ma'am. No. They can look at a body and they can see if there was defensive wounds or right. anything like that. No. He, he took a swan dive off a building because he knew something. So July 2017, Steve Powell is released from jail and he's living in a halfway house. Um, he has a heart attack. And detectives are like, okay, his health is failing. We're going to go up there. We're going to see if we can get like a deathbed confession out right. of him before they could get up there. Steve died. Fuck. Yeah. Um. At this time, they thought that the, their chance of ever finding out, you know, where she was or what happened to her uh, was gone. Again, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this: is that somebody, somebody saw something. Right. Somebody out there saw something, and I still believe there's hope that the this family could finally find her and, right. You know, put put this to rest for themselves. Somebody
1: go into the crystals and find. Yeah, just keep checking every mine ever. Yeah.
0: Um, but they did find a secret recording. That Steve recorded himself talking to Susan in 2001 and admitting his feelings to her. And she she tells him, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I'm married to your son, and I should just be your daughter-in-law. So she's trying to tell him, and then he's like, well, you know, but you were living in my house, and... You had waxed your leg and came up and were like, feel how smooth. Which, first of all, the fact that she did that, I've had female friends that have been like, feel how smooth. Like, it's not a sexy thing. Like, it's, check this out. But he's trying to make her feel like, this is your fault. Right. I have these feelings because of your actions. And she apologizes to him because, you know.
1: I'm sorry for giving you the, ugh, I hate that.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. But when she said this to him, when she said, I'm married to your son, and that's that's all I should be is your daughter-in-law, in his mind, what he heard was they could be together if it wasn't for Josh. Yeah. And a lot of this is what, how I interpret this, but... I honestly believe in this documentary the it, it really lays it out if you watch it. Steve used his influence to really preach to Josh that you're unhappy in your relationship and you know Thinking she's that not the he one would for leave you her
1: and not kill her.
0: Exactly. Exactly. He thought he was going to break them up instead his Fucking deranged son murdered her. Ugh. Yeah. On the day that Susan disappeared, Steve wrote in his journal. This is the day that she vanished. Okay. okay? So this is before he went on that 20 hour disappearance with him. In his journal, he wrote, I feel like Josh did a truly stupid thing and probably disposed of her body in a truly grotesque way. I think he probably went to some former former industrial land just west of West Valley City and cremated her.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Why would he say that if she was just missing and not dead? Right. So he knew. He knew that she was dead. And at that time, he didn't know where she was. But I have no doubt that after that, He knew and helped dispose of the body.
1: Absolutely, he did. Yeah. For him to write that. that, She's dead. We knew she was dead. Yeah. But let the family have closure,
0: man. Just. Right. And I honestly believe Elena knows. Elena knows where the body is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And she's just, you know, hopefully something will trigger in her mind eventually and she'll open up. Yeah. Or somebody will see something about this case and be like, hey, you know what? I saw something suspicious. I don't know. 20
1: 20 years ago.
0: I know. And her body's never been found. Uh, That's terrible. So that's the case of Susan Powell. That's.
1: It will be a sad day when they actually do make this into something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they will. They will. Eventually, it'll be a movie or something. Yeah. A fucking girls' one. Because can you imagine? Like, there's videos where she's walking. She's trying to get out of the bathroom. And Steve is recording her. And she's like, okay, you're going to have to stop now. I need to get past you. And as she's walking past him, he's cover- <laughs> she's covering her butt because she knows he's going to zoom in on her ass when she's walking past.
1: That's terrible. God.
0: Oh, and <laughs> so there's all these pictures and videos that he has of Susan um, in his court case. When he's being tried for the voyeurism, they would not let them use the ones on Susan because she wasn't there to say if she consented to being filmed.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? Even though she's fucking missing.
0: Yeah. Ugh. She, well, we don't know if she wanted him to film her. He was filming through windows, zooming in on her ass like a fucking. He would follow her to work and film her leaving and or coming out of work. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. What an. She asshole. would climb in her car. This is when she still had a car. She would climb in in a skirt, and he'd be like, "She did that just for me." She doesn't know you're there. You fucking sicko!
1: That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. What an asshole good riddance bye bye yeah <sighs> all right so that's the case of susan powell like
0: i said it was one that i know it breaks our normal mold but yeah man i just i want this family to get some closure
1: they they need some for sure and so if the justice system failed them all the way around completely they
0: failed them they failed those little boys yes. everybody was failed yes. in this and and I hope Elena sometime at some point opens up because she knows something. Yeah. Yep. Maybe she if if she opens up, maybe she can start her own healing process. Right. Because I think she, there's some things she needs to come to terms with, too. For sure. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have for today.
1: All righty. I don't know what I'm doing next.
0: Maybe something lighthearted because this was a really emotional. One. Yeah.
1: I'll figure it out. <laughs>
0: all All right right, i have the
1: whole flight to get to you and then we'll record it in person
0: okay sounds good (laughs) all right so until next time Bye. bye. bye